Hi, it's Carolina. I'm so excited that you could join us on the City Point Redcliffe podcast. You're just about to hear a message from one of our incredible preaching team, and I know you're going to be encouraged and inspired by what you hear. If it does encourage you, why don't you share it with someone who you know might need to hear it as well? And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the messages that are uploaded every single week. And for now, sit back and enjoy. I hope you get blessed. Hey, good to see you all. Welcome this morning. If you're new to City Point, we're so glad you're here. If you're looking for a great church, good news, you found one right here at City Point. And uh, we know God's got a plan for every person. And uh, we'd love you to connect in and be a part of what God's doing here. The Bible doesn't talk about attending church. It talks about being planted uh, in the house and being connected. That's where it talks about the promise of flourishing and the promise of generation to generation. Uh, Faith, love, hope, season is um, just a, a great season. I, I love what we do. We celebrate our victories. You saw some of the things we do uh, here and overseas. And of course, there's so many more. Uh, you're a part of transporting incredible amounts of food and water and medical supplies to the Ukraine war uh, from our Bulgarian church. And we're all a part of that as well. So many great things happen. And uh, I look forward to just sharing the cel and celebrating the victories that we have. And then again, on that great day, we come as a church and we go, you know what, we're going to go above and beyond. And uh, I, I, it's that time of year where I, I get really nervous um, about giving um, because I always feel that I need to, um, you know, maybe get a little bit more generous. And then the scary part comes when I talk to my wife because um, she is much more generous than I am. And it's always a risk. Last year I said, what do you think we should give? This is the last Faith, Love, Hope. And um, I'm thinking maybe we'll put up, you know, we're pretty generous. And I put up a little bit. And she says, you know what? I think we should give 500% more than we gave the year before. And I said, I'm not feeling that at all, really. <laughs> I'm not feeling that at all. But um, so we're at that time of the year again. It's, uh, and I'm not game to even ask her what she's thinking right now. Uh, for this faith, love, hope, but it's coming soon. And, um, and I, what I love about it, I've got to be honest, you know, I've been, I've been a believer for some 37 years, and giving never makes you poorer. Never makes you, never, never once will make you poorer. Uh, lack of control with a credit card will make you poorer. All right? Uh, as a matter of fact, Lee's credit card got stolen recently, and um, somebody asked if um, I reported it to the police, and I said, no, no, I'm going to let the thief keep it. He doesn't spend as much uh, <laughs> <laughs> as Lee does, so uh, he can just keep it. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so there's other ways it'll make you poorer. And that's, I'm just sort of speaking today, you know, there's this incredible tension, I believe, um, for us as believers uh, between generosity and stewardship like management of things. And I want to speak to you about that today. Mine's a really, like a really practical, this is my, probably the most practical message you're going to hear at church this year on um, how to manage, and I've called the message, manage blessing or manage mess, your choice. Manage blessing or manage mess, your choice. Um, because we ask, we ask people to be involved, and we, we as, as a church and our, and our staff, um, we, t we had a staff meeting just recently of all our locations in Brisbane, and uh, 
And we asked the staff to pledge to faith, love, hope. You know, like, what are you, what are you going to give? And uh, so we went around the room and they wrote down some things. And, um, and uh, they got the total together. And understand, if you're on staff as a pastor at City Point Church, you're not there trying to be a millionaire, all right? Uh, that's not your pathway. Uh, there are better ways to do it. And, um, but the staff of City Point Church pledged over $200,000 uh, towards faith, love, hope this year. Um, so the leadership's committed. They're committed to this, and, uh, and I know this, that if I want to give more, I've got to have more. You, you, you can only give what you have. If you've got anger, that's what you can give. If you don't have anger, you won't give anger. What you've got is what you can give. So to me as a pastor, as a leader, not only do I want people to, uh, to give more, but I want them to be blessed more as well. And the more blessed they are, the more prosperous they are in their family, their life, uh, their finances, then they're able to be more of a, 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 a part of discipling the world around them with who they are and our finances to do what we need to do. So I've called today's message, manage, manage blessing or manage mess, your choice. In life, you have choices. Who's realized that? No one, you, you have choices. And as much as that's freedom, we can choose what we want, choices have results and outcomes. So we make wrong choices, we have wrong results. We make good choices, we have good results. But we have that co co connection or that ability to do that. And I've found this. I must choose to give things attention or they get out of control. I must choose to give things attention or pay attention to them or manage them or steward them or they get out of control. You know that with your grass or your lawn. If you don't manage it, it gets out of control. And it's the same in life. If you don't manage your health, you'll end up managing a health crisis. If you don't manage your marriage, you're going to end up managing a marriage crisis. And the same with family. So what I'm saying to believers today is that when we bring our things to God and God gives us our relationships, our finances, then we must choose to manage those things, to pay attention. Um, Proverbs 27, verse 23. Let's see if all the scriptures come up. It says this, uh, be diligent, know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. All right, so I'm sure most of you don't have flocks and herds, but the truth is it's the same thing. A good, man, a good leader or a good person in the Bible or a good Christian or believer attends, knows the state of their flocks and attends to their herds. If you want your family to be a good family, you need to know the state of your flock and attend to your herd. This may pay attention to Make sure you give attention to, put your time, your energy, your money into the things that God has given you. All right? It's about doing life on purpose. The future is not somewhere you go. It's a place you create with the decisions you make now. It's not, it's not where just you end up. It's what you're creating your future by the decisions you're making now. So we need to do life on purpose. It is not kesara, sara. Whatever will be, will be. It is not akuna matata, uh, don't worry, it's all going to work out. No, it's, the Bible says very clearly we need to be stewards of all that God has given us. Our families, our health, our life, our time, and especially our finances. Now, let me, in this day of rising interest rates and inflation and all the things that are happening around us, uh, the Bible got some very good principles on how we can deal with those sorts of things and see prosperity come to our lives. So let's start with Luke chapter 16, verses 11 through 13. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon or money, uh, who will commit you 
the trust, the true riches, that's Jesus speaking. That's a, that's a powerful thing right there. And if you have not been faithful as what well is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money, right? You've got to choose whom you will serve. And unfortunately, people tend to decide that they love God, but they want to serve the world around them through their finances. I want to tell you, money is a wonderful servant, but it is a cruel master. If you serve money, and you don't have to be rich to serve money. People think, oh, it's a rich. No, no. Serving money is that you're controlled by the finances of the world around you. You're making decisions only based on what's happening rather than what God says. And when you've got to choose who you believe and who you serve, and I say to you today, choose God, serve him, and let money serve you, and your world will be a lot better off. Then in that same scripture we just read, he says this, if you're not faithful or can't ma manage money, Jesus is saying, how can I trust you with the true riches of heaven? Look at that. So even our stewardship of our finances helps determine how much God can trust us with the greater things. So how we manage our world is very important, not just to us, but to God as well. But when you are faithful, purposeful, and fruitful and start to manage what we have, it opens up pathways to greater blessing and prosperity. And I want to tell you today, the greatest principle of abundance or prosperity is not looking at what you don't have, it's doing something with what you do have. And unfortunately, people go, God, just send me this or bless me or if I just had that. No, no, the, the way to move forward is not about what you don't have. You've got no control over that whatsoever. What you've got control over is what you do have. And after being a leader for a lot of years now, I've watched a number of our staff who I know get paid exactly the same amount. And some prosper and do so well. I watched Sam in Carolina prosper and do well as youth pastors. It's got to be a miracle. <laughs> because it wasn't about what they didn't have, it's what they did with what they did have. And that's important for you and I to realize in this day, with inflation going up, with higher interest rates, we can't work out what we don't have. What we've got to learn to do is work what we do have. Um, you know, like statistics of the casket or the lottery. Um, people win millions of dollars, but they still tell us that within five years, 80% of the people that win millions of dollars have spent it all. Uh, some are even worse off than when before they made the win. So I want to tell you, in life, it's not what you don't have, it's what you do with what you do have that takes you, and that's stewardship and that's management. God, just bless me. Well, if he does, can you hold on to it? Wow. <laughs> will, you, or will in a year's time be back to square one? All right, so I'm going to give you some of the things I've learned over the years about how to hold and manage the blessing that God gives us. Number one, you need to use wisdom. Let me speak to you about wisdom. Let's go to the Bible first. Proverbs 24.3. Through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all the precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong, yet a man of knowledge increases strength and mammon. Uh, let's go to Proverbs 3, verse 13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom, and the man who gains understanding. Let me tell you what wisdom is. Wisdom is the rightful use of knowledge. 
Wisdom is not just having knowledge, it's using it in the proper manner. Wisdom looks at knowledge and then says, let us have a think about this. Let's consider the decision and the results of that decision. Wisdom doesn't say, well, I've got information. It says, no, how do I use that information and make the right decision about that information to take me into a better future? And if you don't use wisdom, you know, (laughs) there are a lot of people blaming the devil for stuff in their life that the devil had nothing to do with. It was just really bad choices, bad decisions. Wisdom destroys the unforeseen enemies of your future. It stands as a guard against things you know nothing about yet. It screams at us. Wisdom screams at us and says, please consider before you make the decision. <laughs> I like some of the most unwise decisions. I watch Hollywood movie stars tattoo the names of their girlfriends on their body. That is a lot of tattoos. Like, it makes no sense to me. Haven't you considered the possibility that you're just a boyfriend and girlfriend and, and maybe this is not going to end up the, the way you think? I remember back in the day, um, Michael Clark. Who remembers Michael Clark? Great Australian cricketer. He was going out with a girl called Laura, Laura Bingle at the time. Super couple, you know, the A1, the whole thing. They were the stars of the, the time. And he, he had um, Laura Bingle's um, initials tattooed on his arm, L.B., all right, so he had him tied it right, Lara Bingle. And of course, unfortunately, the relationship didn't keep going. It dissolved terribly. And I, I remember thinking, what is he going to do with that tattoo? And my consideration would be that he put a W behind it. <laughs> and he was out. LBW. A leg before wicket. Wisdom screams at us, consider the consequences of your decision. Uh, I remember the story of a man living in Gympie, and and, uh, in Gympie it floods more than most places, and he had a farm where he farmed chickens, and uh, two years in a row the floods had come through and (laughs) drowned all the chickens, and he was in a mess of a place now because he couldn't sell the farm, he had no chickens, and he was in the pub. And he's sitting down having a beer and uh, he's talking to this guy who just moved to town. He didn't know much about it. And he said, I don't know what to do, man. I farm chickens. They, they drowned you know, every two years in a row. We've got drowned chickens. And the guy looked at him and said, what? why don't you farm ducks? <laughs> they can swim. Wisdom. Consider your possibilities. Don't just make stupid, irrational decisions because it feels good. All right, that's what the Bible says. You want to you prosper in the days ahead? Be wise. Secondly, be diligent. Number two. Nowhere in the Bible does it say we are not to work hard. God does not take the work out of life. He takes the worry out of life. Well, of course, as a matter of fact, the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. And I think that's such a true statement. You, know, you don't want to live in this fairy land of that somehow God's going to let money fall out of the sky and you're going to do nothing about it and it's just going to turn up. It's not true. It's not, I, I don't know of anybody where money has fallen out of the sky. And I tell you that because I don't want people to feel that, that somehow God's going to bless their laziness. God does not bless laziness. He blesses diligence. All right? Uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. And I love this scripture. And uh, <laughs> go to the ant, you sluggard. 
consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain or overseer or ruler provides the supplies in the summer, gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little of the folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come upon you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. If there wasn't a clearer statement about the dilemmas of not working hard, there it is. Proverbs 10, verse 4 and 5. He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is wise son, is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. One more, just in case you didn't get it. Uh, 13 verse 4. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. There is no doubt that if you want to see prosperity and blessing come to your marriage, your family, your workplace, your business, your finances, you need to work hard at it. I look at my kids looking at where, I, where Lee and I live right now, the state of our finances, and they, they want to live where we're living now. They want to live the same right then. Like I said, 40 years we've been working hard. You don't get it because you, know, you just turn up and look at somebody else and go, that's what I want to be. No. The lazy man desires but has nothing. We must be diligent. Success is the result of doing right things for a long period of time. There's no such thing as an overnight success. It is a dream. As a matter of fact, most overnight successes take between 15 and 20 years. One guy was an author. He finally got a hit book out, and somebody said to him, he was, they was, well, he's an overnight success. And they asked him, said, how do you feel being an overnight success? And he said this, longest night of my life. <laughs> diligence, listen, diligence is both snails making it to Noah's Ark on time. You just keep going. You keep moving towards the goal. You keep going. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Would you be diligent this year? Would you work as hard as you possibly can? For there is blessing at the end if we do not lose heart. Number three, keep going, keep learning. Keep learning. <laughs> you know, it's like people that, <laughs> unfortunately, people get this idea about money. Oh, money, who cares? I'll tell you what, whether you love money or hate money, you're stuck with it. You may as well get good at using it. Because you're stuck. It's, not, it's no place you can go where it doesn't come a part of your life. You need to understand how money works. The same with marriage. You just, oh, I'm in love. I think pre-marriage counselling is a waste of time. Because every time I've done it, the couple across the table look at me and go, but we're in love. <laughs> There's no concept about what's about to happen to their lives. But we're in love. I think marriage counselling should be done two years after marriage when they are, have to deal with who's squeezing the toothpaste from which end. I think it's important that we keep learning. We've got to keep learning in life. And, and the more we learn about things, the better we get at it. Uh, Proverbs chapter 8, verses 9 through and 10, I think. 
maybe, yes. Uh, they're all plain to him who understands and write to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction. See, not silver, knowledge rather than the choice of gold. What he's saying, that knowledge is more important than silver and gold because it leads you in the right direction. Uh, I think there's another couple. 1017, he who keeps instruction is on the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray. Don't connect correction with rejection. And most people don't like correction because they feel rejection in it. Rather, God chastens those whom he hates. No, those whom he loves. And when correction comes our way, if you're rejected, you miss the opportunity to learn something great. All right, so understand that. Uh, 12 verse 1. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Wish I could preach like that all of the time. <laughs> you sluggard. <laughs> Don't be a novice in life. Learn how things work. Learn how marriage works. If you want to have a family, learn how a family works. Um, we don't know everything, but we can learn something. Be open to new information, all right? Uh, seek out people and information that help you move into your future. There are people around you who know so much more than you. Go talk to them. If you're not good with money, ask somebody who is good to help you out. Don't feel you know, like, and, and this is what, we've got to keep learning. Don't let pride stop you from moving forward. The reason we don't have is often because we don't ask the right people or the right questions. We don't. We just don't. We've got people all around us that can help us with all sorts of things and we don't ask and we get stuck. So let's make sure we're asking questions. We are keep learning. Let's commit to learning about our lives and what God's called us to be. Next thing is to be a planner. A planner. To plan things. Not happenstance things. Not last minute intuitive things, but plan things. God is a planning God. He didn't get up one morning and go, Oh, heck, the world's a mess. What are we going to do? Now, from the beginning of time, he knew exactly when he was going to send Jesus. He said, before you were born, he would design you for good works. He knows a planning God. Proverbs 21.5 says this. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Plan things out. Most people do not, listen to this, most people do not have what they want because they do not plan to have what they want. They wish what they want, they dream what they want, but they don't plan to have what they want. Most people don't. I go to America quite often, and, and uh, Americans are fatuated by Australians. They love us. I don't know why. They just do. Like, for example, in Australia, if I come up to you, I've never, I never say good day to anybody in Australia. But in America... G'day, mate. Oh, you're Australian. Yes, I am. That gets me free food. It gets me the, down the beginning, in the middle. Of, man, it takes me everywhere, that middle language right there. Man, it, it saved our lives one time. We are in the wrong side of L.A. at midnight in a McDonald's and no other white people in there. Three Australians walk in. The place stops talking looks at us like, what the heck are you doing here? Like they hate, they, there was this hate in their eyes. And my friend says, g'day. They said, you Australian? I said, yeah. 
oh, come on in, come on in. We had free food. They walked us back to our car so we wouldn't get mugged. And they say this to me. They say, oh, I'd love to go to Australia. And I go, well, why don't you? Oh, I haven't thought of that. <laughs> you only get what you plan to get. Not what you dream to get. What you plan to get. I said, if you really want to go, why wouldn't you? Ah, oh, it's expensive. No, it's not. As a matter of fact, if you start saving now, 18 months you could get there. Oh, yeah, I thought. You only get in life what you plan to get in life. Be a planner in life. God is the ultimate planner. We went through that. What are you planning for this year? What are, what are you thinking about? What, are, what, are, what strategies have you got for your family or your business or workplace? What are, you, what are you planning? You either plan your finances or you will serve your finances. Start to plan. Start to consider the ways to go forward. Uh, number five. Is that right, number five? People taking notes? Good, thank you. Live a godly life. Live a godly life. It's a way to blessing. Um, Proverbs 28, 13 and 14 says this. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes him will have mercy. Happy is the man who is always reverent or following God, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. There is blessing in being a believer and follower of Jesus. Just by trusting him. The Bible says it like this in Matthew 6, 33. It says, seek first the kingdom of God, which are the principles and attitudes and ways of God, and his righteousness, him himself, and the things you need shall be. Is that what it says? You didn't have to chase them? It didn't say chase them, does it? It says it will be added to you. So if you seek his ways, his style, his attitudes, and you seek his heart himself, then the things you need shall be added unto you. The Bible speaks very clearly about that we are not to chase, but we are to do things God's way, and they shall be attracted to us. I tell the young guys in the church in Brisbane, I said, don't chase the girls. Attract them. Have a shower. <laughs> That's a word for somebody here today. I can feel it. Have a shower. Live a godly life. You know, I have no doubt that the blessing of God starts when we start to follow God himself. And... Um, Maybe you're here today and you're not a follower of Christ, not a believer in God, but you're in the house today. Maybe you were and life and disappointment got in the way, and, and, um, but you're here. And I want to tell you, your best way forward is to say, you know what, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to live a godly life. The good news is God's not mad. He's not angry. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. He doesn't hate you. He loves you. He wants the very best for your life. And the best way to give him the best for your life is to follow him. So just in this moment in time, I've not finished my message yet, we have a little bit more to do, but I just feel right now, say, you know what, why don't, we, why don't we decide for some people here today to come back and say, you know what, I want to follow Jesus, or maybe for the very first time go, I want to believe upon Jesus, I want to follow God. Would you close your eyes, bow your heads. As I look across the, this great crowd of people today, surely there are people here who say, you know what, Mark, I need to return to Jesus. I need to make a decision to follow God. I, I don't know what problems you're facing now, I don't know what problems will be in your future, but I do know this. Jesus will be the start and finish of every answer you will need in life.
So right here, right now, in this moment, if you say, you know what, I want to come back, I want to recommit my life to Jesus, or I want to believe upon him, and the Bible says you shall be saved, saved out of your past, saved into a better future, right here, right now. I'd love to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to lift your hands and say, you know what, include me in this prayer. So as I look right now, from the front to the back, from the left to the right, eyes are closed, heads are bowed, if you say, you know what, pray with me today, I want to follow God, I want to believe upon Jesus, would you slip your hand up right now? And go, you know what, pray with me. Pray with me, pray with me, pray. Thank you on the side. That's a great decision over there. As I look one more time, I don't want to miss anybody. As I look, just slip that hand up and we're about to pray. Lord, as I looked, I saw that hand, but some of you saw, you saw that heart. A heart that said yes. And in this moment of time, something supernatural starts to take place. We become alive to God, born again. God, you said you'd forgive us of every sin, every failure, every mistake, and remember it never again. You said you'd love us so completely, we become a son, a daughter of the Most High God. And heaven rejoices. The Word of God, heaven rejoices when one comes home. So I know heaven rejoices right now for this beautiful person, and so do we here at City Point in Jesus' mighty name. And all that agreed said, amen. Let's give it up. What a great decision. Congratulations. Well done. And as most of us know, you do that by yourself, but now we'd all do this together. That decision starts in your heart, but church is what's so important, so powerful about our lives. So let somebody know. Go to the Yes Bar after church and then give your Bible, let you know what's going on. That would be just great. So let's manage our spiritual life. Let's live a godly life. Blessing comes from seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness. And the last point today is be blessed to be a blessing. Be blessed, be a blessing. <laughs> I, I, I don't like upsetting people when I preach, though. Sometimes it's necessary. Um, but God is not just about you. He's not just about me. He's about you and somebody else. He's always about you and somebody else. When you get saved, it's not about just you getting to heaven. He didn't, go and make, he didn't say go and make decisions of all nations. He said go and make disciples of all nations. A decision gets you to heaven, a disciple helps somebody else get there. So it was never just about you, it was about you and somebody else. And being blessed is like that. Um, we, we don't want blessing so we can just be blessed, we want blessing so we can be a blessing. The, the reason we have red frogs around the world, the reason we have rescuing trafficked girls in Cambodia, uh, the reason we do all the things to feed, we give away millions of tons of food a year at City Point Church. And the reason we can do that is because we are blessed to be a blessing. God is about you and others. Good management is about stewardship, paying attention so we can be generous. That's what it's about, that we've got enough to bless our families, our lives, and those around us. God does not bless selfishness or self-indulgence. He blesses generosity. Our giving keeps us connected to the very heart of God. It puts us right in the middle of His road of blessing and increase. Whatever we want God to bless, we need to put Him in the middle of. Our finances, our marriage, our family, and Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 says it best, and I'll finish with this scripture. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Now, I know this was written a long time ago, but why don't we think about honoring God with our social media, the things we write on it. Let's honor God. Let's not whinge and complain or take swipes at people on social media. 
Let's honor God with our social media. Honor God with your telephone. Call somebody, invite them to church. Honor God with your motor vehicle. Bring somebody to church. Honor God with your home. Invite somebody over for dinner. It says that, honor God with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase, your giving, your tithes, your offerings, that your barns and vats will be filled to overflowing. Want him to bless your marriage? Put him first in your marriage. The devil steals. No doubt. The nature of the devil is to steal. Man's nature is to hoard. We are, we are fearful, so we hang on. But God's nature is to give, to trust him, trust God. Today, God wants the very best for us. You can trust him when he says to be generous. You can trust him at his word. He will bless you so you can be a blessing to others. Let's pay attention. Let's manage our financial world so we can have, so we can give and be a blessing to those that don't have right now. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message inspires you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. Go ahead and share it with a friend. And can I invite you to connect with us on one of our many social media platforms as well. Most importantly, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to say congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We'd love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services around the world this Sunday. And you can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We would be so thrilled to see you there.